Hello, hello and welcome, you lovely, lovely lagerites. I know that we said we weren't going to make it a thing. No, not the lagerites. Fine, you've got to think of a better one, Dan. Okay, next week, week I'm coming in with a better one. Okay, fine, fine, next fine. Week. Yeah, next week, come up with a better we'll one. We'll just switch up every episode. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, Lagerlitas. I like that. See, that's got more of a ring to it. Lagerlitas. Maybe that's our thing. The Maybe lag- that's our thing. What about the lageroids? The lag... <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> the lageroids. <laughs> no, we're not. I don't know. Lagerlitas. I like that. Lagerli- I like that. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll nail it at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that's. We'll, I think that might that has legs. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Anyways, people, welcome to episode thirteen of the Larger Than Life podcast. As usual, you're with your two favorite hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Rory. And um, bro, listen, it's been a long week already. <laughs> we've had a, it's fucking Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, we both had honestly long days. It's been horrible. So. With that in mind, I would say I'm quite quite parched, man. I'm oh, parched, I'm boy. Quite, quite thirsty. So um, let's let's get into let's it. Get so into um, it. today, Sarah, mm. for our beer of the week, Woo! we've got a craft siren brew called Broken Dream. Kind of describes the week I'm having, really. Uh, <laughs> facts, facts. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so for our audio listeners. Fuck me, I didn't even know how to describe that. It's like a woman with long, sweeping hair. It's kind of gold. It's black. Um, it's, it's very cool. It's cool. It's a cool. It's a cool design. Um, cool. But yeah, let's okay. let's crack this open. Okay, cool. Oh my god. What percent is it actually? Six point five percent. Sorry. <laughs> two of these to get through, Sarah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be so pissed at the end of this. <laughs> Woo! And guess what? I've not had lunch. <laughs> Bro. Right. Let's crack this open. Have you got any anything to tell us about this one before we dive in? Oh, yeah, yeah. God, I almost forgot, didn't I? So, the description for um, The Broken Dream is an indulgence of chocolate and spe- specialty malts. Broken Dream is a smooth... Un- that's not a word. Un- unctuous? <laughs> unctuous? <laughs> okay, this is a smooth, unctuous, and more and moorish. It's brewed with milk sugar for balance and mouthfeel, along with carefully selected espresso from London's Clemson & Sons. Awarded the Camera Supreme Champion Beer of Britain in 2018. I'm really nervous. I'm nervous. This sounds weird. Espresso. Indulgence of coffee and chocolate. Breakfast stout. The fuck? I bought us a fucking stout. Oh no. Oh fuck me. I don't know. I saw. I don't. It just looked. I'm not gonna lie. If it's a, like Guinness, I like as a stout. Other than that, I do not touch them. It looks like it's an IPA. It, do you not think? No, I agreed. It's got the sort of wavy design. It's got the sort of small can. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, well, we've got all we've got to do is just try it, really. Crack into Cheers, it. Cheers, mate, to, to episode 13. To episode 13. Oh, oh, no. See, the aftertaste is even worse. That's bad. Whoops. <laughs> that is bad. Oh, the aftertaste is coffee. I think the after, I think it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it hits your mouth. It's not too bad. It, um, it tastes like um, it doesn't want to be in my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna should we, go. Should we send it, man? Before we go for rating, send it. It's been a long week already. Should we just take a fat goal? Fat goal. Okay, big goal. Let's go. Not downing it. Oh yeah, that goal doesn't make it any better. Right. Okay. Um, right. Well, I'm gonna go in for a. Do you know what the, the espresso taste? I appreciate the the boldness, and that they're trying to do something different with um with this genre of beer. Um, but I'm gonna give it a two out of ten. My lowest rating yet on Lager Than Life. A two. A two. Do you, do you think it's worse than the uh, Raspberry Bear? 
Yeah, the, the raspberry one, I think, in hindsight, grew on me. And I think there's a time and a place for that. There's not a time and a place I'd ever drink something like that. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm going to give it a three. I'm a three? Nice, yeah, it's a 2.5. Nice. It's a 2.5 2. 2. 5 for Broken Dream. Yeah, don't don't try it at home. Do you know what? Broken Dream tastes exactly how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking broken. <laughs> oh, You know what? It's a fitting beer for a fitting day. <laughs> But we're not going to let that stop us. We're coming with the energy today. Let's go. So, yeah, bro. Sorry, mate. What have you been up to? You know what, mate? Before I get into it, I just wanted to point out a couple of things, if go you on, don't mind. On, Firstly, we're back in the studio. We're back. It's great to be here. We had a brief hiatus. Yeah, yeah, brief hiatus. So it's been it's great to be here. We are missing our plant. Yeah, the fucking plant's gone. I did like our plant. Someone's, ni- someone's nicked it and run off with it. I don't know who still is a plant. I always think it's good to have a bit of greenery in the frame, but I guess now you're just stuck with blue. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh blue. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get the plant back. No promises. Uh, it probably won't be next episode, but maybe episode after. We'll see if we can yeah. get the, uh, get we'll the have, plant We'll have back. the plant back for episode 15. Yeah, don't yeah, worry, guys. Absolutely. For all you visual listeners, for all yeah, 12 yeah, of yeah, you. Trust. I don't missed worry. the plant. It gave a nice vibe to the room, for sure. But, uh, bro, yeah, as... You, also, w- one more thing, sorry. Go ahead. Forgot to do it last week. I yeah. want to give a special shout out oh, to course. my boys in South Africa, Cedric and Josh, um, otherwise known as Three Face and C. Yeah. The, uh, rap duo in um, in South Africa. Shout out. Based in Cape Town. Um, yeah, they gave us the music for our intro. Yeah, so you probably um, noticed we had a new intro and outro with some banging tune and you're probably thinking, what? Held that up to your Shazam. Alexa, what song is this? It's uh, it's Light High by Three Face and C. I don't think it's on Spotify yet, but you can find it on SoundCloud. So, um, but yeah, check the, check all their music out. They're fucking sick. They've got another song coming out next week called Scrolling mm. with a music video. They've been using like the volume stage, like like you know, like green screen, but mm. except you can actually see it. Um, and yeah, it's they they showed me a sneak preview when I was over in South Africa, and it is a banger. So really? um, yeah, and they actually produced it with um, B Mile, who is the guy who produced. You know, Silk Sonic, you know, um, Bruno Mars and um, Anderson Park, they did like a joint album together. Uh, okay, yeah, So yeah, yeah they, he basically produced this track and it's a banger. So yeah, go, oh, guys, go, go check them out. But yeah, thanks again, Joss and Cedric. We yes. Great um, shout. Thank you, boys, for the intro. We love it. Um, and also, we can't wait to get you guys on the pod. Uh, we're definitely going to get them definitely on here soon. The it's going to be a big app. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a double be... bill then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try out my South African accent for them to verify when they come Highway on. Brew. <laughs> Would you like your coffee, black or white? It's not bad. That's not bad. Thank you, bro. It's a bit of work, but it's not bad. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, yeah, anyway, diving into my week, bro. It's been obviously a stressful week with work, um, but I did do something really cool on the weekend. So I know I mentioned it to you, but I went to go see the Lehman Trilogy. It's oh, a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about the Lehman Brothers. It is about the Lehman Brothers. So it's a play I went to see in uh, London and West End. Uh, I forgot the name of the theatre two names like julian jillian something one of them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know we were, it was a uh, school of rock used to be there beforehand but went to go see it it's only in the theater for a limited time but it is honestly incredible it was so so fucking good so good to the point that i stood up at the end which i don't always i do standing ovation they it wasn't fully fully a full standing ovation was it just you it wasn't just <laughs> me there were quite a few of us I was the first to stand up. I'm not. Mate, I made that. Bold. That's bold. The, the thing is, it'd be awkward I'd, though if you stood up and no one else stood up. It wouldn't. You know what? I'll tell you why. It would be awkward. But here's the thing: the acting was genuinely incredible. So I think for those who didn't stand up, I genuinely think that you just didn't appreciate what you're supposed to be standing up for. I was standing up for really? the performance. Wow. The actors were 
unbelievable with so, any recognizable like names which we'd know from like tv or film or anything i mean i don't think so okay. i might be wrong yeah. so uh, yeah i don't know but here's I'll, I'll just give you a bit of a background yeah, as to what it's it. about and i'm not ruining anything because this is just if you google it you'll find out exactly what who the lehman brothers are but basically it's it's about the lehman brothers themselves and it's about the original ones so there's three brothers i believe I, I, just I hope it. so. There was a trilogy. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a there was a bit of drama about me going to see it, but anyway, uh, there were three brothers, and basically they moved over from Germany to I believe it was Germany. I missed the beginning. It's a long story. <laughs> I think it's about the Lehman Brothers. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, a, it's a long story. I missed the beginning. They like, might have been German. They might have been Austrian. Yeah, <laughs> but they moved over to anyway. It's about three the three Lehman Brothers, and they move over to the USA in the late 1800s and they just want to make a life for themselves right american dream as it were but they just want to make a life for themselves so they start selling fabrics and suits you would have thought they just started as a bank no they started selling fabrics and suits eventually they moved on to start selling cotton but the way in which they, they they realized that they could only fit so much cotton in their factory so what they started to do is cotton broking they would buy it from the plantations and they would sell it to those people who can then turn it into fabric. So they'd be like a middleman. Exactly. They were the original middlemen. They were the original middlemen. So that's exactly what happened. They would then basically broke it. They would get it straight from the far, um, the plantations and take it straight over to the you know, those who made the, the cotton into fabric. Okay, interesting. Then uh, I believe there was a bit of a crash or something in the economy where they basically lost everything and what they then got into was essentially they they decided to start investing money so i think they originally convinced the governor of alabama to basically give them a bunch of money for them to invest in something they then started investing in like they then invested in like a rail track so realized that that was going to be the future and it's basically, you know, from there it spirals on into becoming one of the biggest banks in the world um, and the biggest investment banks in the world. It shows you their kids, their grandkids and how the bank ran through generations. It shows you how smart they were to have just like been so ingenious to come up with the amount of ideas that they did. And, you know, essentially it shows them starting to lose control, shows a couple of financial crashes. And it takes you right up to the 2008 financial no crash. And it just ends by them telling you that the bank just goes under. Shit. But they don't really talk about it. They talk about the I recovery. Because like when you said the Lehman trilogy, I just presumed, oh, okay, it's a, it's a play about the financial crisis. Because yeah. that's what we know them for, exactly. right? Um, but that's really interesting. That's no, like the yeah. history of it. Absolutely. Okay. So it's really, really amazing. Uh, it was a long play. There's three acts. How many hours? Um, I was in the theatre for three and a half hours, but I think in terms of actual watch time, it's like two hours, ten minutes, uh, two hours, fifty minutes to three okay. hours. That's pretty standard for play. I get plays, I guess. It's yeah, it's plays a bit long. long. <laughs> it's a bit. It is a bit long. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. And there's so much information thrown at you. Right. But the set design was ingenious. The writing was ingenious. Like the repetitions they did for certain bits, um, the jokes they made that kind of stuff was brilliant and the acting honestly was just incredible because there's three actors only there's in the whole play three actors in the whole play and that's wow. it so they all switch between different characters oh shit 
just assume different roles, different positions, and you can really you're bought into it. You know, their body language and the way they portrayed the character allows a clear split between the character they were and the character they became. Absolutely excellent. Really recommend going to see it. I'm going to check that out. I've got a bit of a weird relationship with like plays and stuff. Okay. I don't know. I find every time I've been to the theatre, I've always, I went to watch um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. And I, because my mum really wanted to go, so I got got her two tickets for, um, for Christmas. My dad couldn't be asked to go, so I went along. Um, And, I don't know, I just find, I think because I'm such a film guy, you know me, I, mean? like, I love films, I love TV, I find that such a more of an immersive experience that when I go, when I go to a play and you're watching it, mm. I'm always just thinking in the back of my mind, that is a person acting. Do you know what I mean? And even with, even with plays, the way they're acting is like, they act sort of in front of the audience, so it's not natural, it's not like I would look at you and talk to you, they're always like, their body language is open so that they're sort of projecting out to the audience. I don't know, and I've always just found out every time, first of all, they're long as fuck, right? They go on for so long, right? And even with the intermission, it's like, as you said, like three and a half hours. And then you've got this thing where, you know, the actors are really into it, right? And don't get me wrong, there are some theatre actors who are so talented and so good at job, and most, you know, big movie stars, you know, originate from theatre. But I always find when you're watching it, they just seem to be having so much more fun than you are. Do you mean they're more into it than you are? If that makes sense. And maybe I've just been unlucky with the sort of theatre I've seen. But every time I've been, I've always just been a little bit. You know, it's just there's something about it that doesn't quite grab me as much. Um, but yeah, and, I, and also the other thing, it's like it's like seventy pounds to go see like a normal theatre production. It's so expensive. And then what you can go and watch a film, right? Which has had like you know tens of millions of dollars pumped into it which gives you a overall way more realistic and immersive experience. Um, I just, yeah, I've just, I've never, I've never got the appeal of theatre. I think Rory, that I'm just an uncultured spy. Yeah, no, not uncultured, but I think you're really not giving plays that juice. So let's start off with the first thing. The West End is considered one of the best places to go to see plays and musicals behind Broadway. It's like, global and well-known yeah so you're not just paying to go see the play you're also paying for what it is and Mm. that's to go sit in one of london's theaters whereas it's it's very like it's a very traditional very traditional thing right also plays are live acting in films and tv shows is there's multiple takes often plays are live they have to do so much to captivate you in the moments that you're in there and engage the audience that I don't necessarily think TV and um, film mm. actors need to do immediately because they can retake scenes. Don't get me wrong. That, and th- that is, you take that into account and that's why I'm not dismissing the, the skill of theatre actors. Like it takes so much skill and it's a lot more of it's like natural and on, you know, you're seeing it live, right? Mm. But ultimately, what are you getting a better performance out of? I think the performance is there to serve the story, right? And if you do 10 takes and then you choose the best take of that, it doesn't give, like when you're watching it, you're just immersed in the story. You don't, you don't, you're not really conscious of like, oh, they must have done 10 takes in this. Do you know what I mean? So I always just find like, okay, I think never quite, they're they're just completely different, man. They're completely different experiences. I mean, do you not just think a play is just a, a less, what's the word, less developed version of a film? No. They're both telling a story. Yeah. Both within around, you know, two hours, three hours. Um, but a film that does it way, way better. Films involve so much technology, whereas theatres don't. 
And I think that's something that's really, really cool. And there's something to be said behind the raw kind of experience of the theatre. When you go into a theatre, you're able to be transformed and transported into a completely different area, time mm. period, different scene, which is incredible because it's just done by a few things on stage. The sounds, the visuals, that transforms, that transports you. And so there's something so authentic about it, right? Films, there's so much technology there. There's so much technology there. Which makes makes the story better. I don't think that makes more it more immersive. That doesn't make it more authentic. Mm, Authenticity you. is one big thing in, that theatre has. And also, I just think maybe you've been unlucky. Theatre is unbelievable. And Have you been to see any musicals? Um, what musicals have I been to see? I saw The Book of Mormon. Okay, fine. Did not enjoy it whatsoever. What? I thought The Book of Mormon was like... I saw it maybe four years ago, five years ago, and I just thought it was the most... And I like South Park. It's, it's the writers of South Park who did it, and I just found it fucking exhausting. And all the songs... I, that's the other thing. I don't like musicals. I find musicals so annoying. The only musical... I, I was, if someone offered me tickets, I would go see is Hamilton. Okay. Because Hamilton, at least they're doing something different with the music. It's like more hip-hop infused, right? But like, musicals. All the songs sound the fucking same. It's like, you're, you're literally watching... You're watching a... Um, a play right and you're along with the story and it's like the story fucking stops out of nowhere they sing a song about how they feel and then the story continues again even when i was younger right and watching disney films i'd get so annoyed when they fucking started singing i was like five at this time and i was like dude you're just pausing the, you're pausing the fucking story just to sing a bit and it's like i'm not interested hakuna matata does slap though <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think you value in a watching experience then because I think complete immersion into it. Complete immersion. Complete into immersion it. and being gripped by the story, right? Okay. Whereas I feel like theatre is more driven by like, oh, look how good this guy, look how much fun this guy's having in his performance, you know? Whereas I feel I like when you're when you're a film, when you're watching a film or a TV show, you're like in it, right? There's nothing else. Whereas like when you're at a theatre, you know that you know they're just that there are in the back of your mind they're acting on stage. You're not fully. And listen, Sarah, maybe I've just been lucky with that. And do you know what? How, how much are tickets for Le- Lehman, the Lehman Trilogy? Uh, you can get them for like £25. Okay, if it was 25 quid, I'd go. Okay. I'm going to do it. You'll like it because it's not a musical. Yeah, that does help, to be fair. It's a story. I do think I've been unlucky because I feel like I'm the weird one because I think most people would probably be more agree with Sarah here. But, no, um... not necessarily. It's clearly something that you're just not that into. For me, I really yeah. like musicals. So I've been really quite like... I don't know how to describe it, but... Um, my emotions have been brought to that, the, 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 um, I don't know, the, the surface of my skin, I guess is the way really? to describe it. Like I've got goosebumps and shit. But I appreciate the raw talent that I get to see. When I go to see musicals, I love the fact that there's a live band there. And you get to cool hear. To be fair, yeah. I get so gassed when I hear like musicians do really, really cool and technical shit when they're like under the, the stage, right? The singers as well, the power in their voice is like just so underappreciated. You've got all these recording stars and stuff like that. They don't sound like those who are performing in theatre. Theatre singers give flawless performances every single night. And I can't say the same for pop artists and rock artists. No. Speaking of of performances, Mm. did you hear about Frank Ocean? I did hear about Frank Ocean. This is fucking wild right? so so frank ocean was headlining coachella this year which happened just last weekend and he was headlining the sunday which is like the big final act right of the first weekend um 
And people originally thought, oh, Frank Ocean's headlining. He's coming out of the new album. That's what I thought. So Blonde came out in 2016. So it's been what? It's coming up to seven years now. It'll be mm. seven years in August since Blonde came out. And we've had a few singles and no album. Seven years, right? Uh, so people were really, really excited, right? And Frank has gone out and he did this performance and people are super divided on it. Like, like even, even the biggest Frank Ocean stands are saying that this is awful and this is a complete slap in the face to fans. So to sum it up, he, he arrived an hour late to the, to the set. Um, apparently he was lip syncing loads of loads of songs. Oh no! Right? Apparently it was just like ra- they had lo- loads of random um, random dancers around him, just sort of like aimlessly floating around. There was no choreography. Um, apparently at one point a security guard just went out onto um, went out onto stage and started twerking. Uh, and apparently the whole set was an absolute fucking disaster. Hmm. Um, so apparently I was looking into this, and um, apparently so originally it was supposed to be live streamed. Apparently, last minute, um, Frank Ocean said to Coachella, I don't want it to be live streamed. Like, literally, on the Sunday, he said this. So, they cancelled the live stream. Um, and then I did a little bit more digging. And apparently, um, originally, he was supposed to have an ice rink on the stage, right? And they'd made this whole ice rink. They probably spent a week fucking constructing this thing, right? Mm. They hired all these ice skaters. Um, and apparently, on the morning of the sun, the morning he was like on the Sunday, literally, Six hours before he was supposed to perform, he says, oh, I don't want to do the ice rink anymore. Scraps it. He's um, he's a bit of a diva, isn't he? Completely scrapped it, right? So then what resulted was this absolutely horrendous performance, right? And people are pissed off. Imagine, right? You, you're a massive Frank Ocean fan mm. and you are, um, you know, you're, you save up all year, right? Um, to, to go and see Frank Ocean, right? And... And then suddenly you, you see him and he, he pulls out a performance like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People save up months and months of like of their wages to go and see their favorite artists. Yeah. And do you know what? Frank Ocean has, he's got a very low key profile, right? He's not on social media. He's very elusive. You don't really know what he's doing, no. right? No, no. And I think if you're not going to connect with your fans via social media and evidently not through, through a new album or music, right? When you do a live show, you have a duty to your fans wow. to actually pull your fucking finger out and give the performance of your life. Because what? It's been, what, six years, seven years, right? And then you're just going to, what, turn up an hour late? You're going to lip sync? Nah, fuck you. That's that's absolute bullshit. Um, and you know what that pisses me off? The, the reason I'm just getting so heated about this, because the same thing happened to me in 2017. Went to Park Life in Manchester. Yeah. Frank Ocean was playing. And I was obsessed with Frank Ocean at this point like my, one of my favourite artists yeah and um he arrived 40 minutes late yeah he, he came out he came on um don't get me wrong he wasn't lip syncing he like he, the singing was incredible but there was like long three four minute silences in between each song at one point he did this he, he started singing the song Chanel right halfway through he says oh no no stop it stop it. I want to do it again he redoes it again it was like he had he didn't rehearse it whatsoever and it's like if you're not going to release an album or any new music, you need to you need to pull your finger out and actually give a good performance because it's not fair to all the people who have gone to Coachella just to see Frank Ocean and who have spent all their hardworking money to see him. Okay, what I do you see think so? where you're coming from. To say they have a duty to perform for their fans, probably would agree with you. Yeah, I, I would agree 
not necessarily that they need to perform, but put on a show or a performance, if you see what I'm saying. Because I swear, I, I can't, none comes to mind right now. Oh, Drake, for example. Mm. Drake performs, and then he puts on a show when he does live shows. Like, he puts yeah. so much money in investment. You are right. I think when people pay money, it's only fair that you do a good show. Would he have done that if it was his own show or concert that he was headlining? Rather than Coachella. But that's the thing. He doesn't do his own shows. Yeah. He only performs at festivals. Yeah, probably for the bag, man. Probably just for the bag. But I think if you're being paid that much, it's not just a slap in the face of fans. It's a slap in the face of Coachella. To just be like last minute, oh no, I don't want to do the ice rink anymore. I yeah. just completely derail the performance. And that's like the final act on the Sunday. Um, it, I just it, think it's rude. Dude. It's one of those, but are people ever going to... No one's going to like not become a fan of Frank Ocean anymore. Because if you released a new album and it slapped... I'm gonna like love it. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll be the first. I'll, I'll be the first person to listen to That's a new Frank Ocean drop. And I'm not saying like I'm not a fan of his anymore. I love his music, but like he's just a diva. I, a I, I'm more talking about like there is a niche of Fra- Frank Ocean stands who are obsessed with this guy. They buy his merch, right? Speaking of merch, did you know Frank Ocean came out with a um, a Frank Ocean branded cock ring? <laughs> it was it was 18 karat gold encrusted. That's right? Crazy. Guess how much this thing costs? Like 20k. Twenty-five thousand dollars. That's a good guess, right? I like that was a really pretty good guess, Jesus. Um, and like, do you know what I mean? This is the sort of shit. Like, like, he's been pumping out like merch and stuff to like, yeah, because people buy it. People love like love Frank Ocean. They love his music. But I think when it's been seven years, you've not made, you've not done an album. All you've done is release a few singles, and then when you come back and you give it a, not only listen, if he if he came back and he actually wasn't releasing an album, but he still performed at Coachella. And he performed his hits, right? Mm. And he put his heart and soul into that, into that, um, into that set. Yeah. After so many years of being quiet, that's perfectly fine. Trust me, I'd that's perfectly gassed. fine. That would have been great. Like, people would have loved that because that's how great his music is. Is it play Channel Orange? Don't need, yeah, I don't. I don't know. You might have done, but if, like, no, but if he did, if that he did, would, yeah, and he performed great. it, I'd be gas. People love that, but like, I think don't. It, and do you know what? I just want to preface this by Frank Ocean. Maybe one or two years ago, his brother died in a car crash right so you know maybe he's got shit going on and if, if that's the case that's obviously really awful but ultimately if you're in that headspace and you can't perform and you're not you're not going to give the best performance to your fans and to coachella then don't 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 agree and don't take that money from from the festival yeah you're right i think coachella is also a dream for a lot of artists right exactly. it's not a it's not a light assignment it's quite exactly. a big deal so i i definitely See where you're coming from, Rory, and can appreciate your perspective. And I, yeah. I do would say I probably agree. Um, do you want to say something uh, just on Frank Ocean? Yeah, got yeah. a quick, interesting story about him. So, do you know about like how he finessed? I think it was Def Jam, Jeff Jam Records. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You hear about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Go on. So basically, he got signed by Jeff Def Jam Records, and when he got signed, the deal was for him to make two albums. Cool. Channel Orange came out banging album Huge. genuinely no skips i think that was one oh, of the great album, yeah. one of the one of the greatest albums from that from that decade yeah. i think um for r&b but you know you know def jam originally didn't want to release his music because he was he was very much writing for other artists mm. and he was they were like no we don't want to like make an album with you we want to put money into it so what he did he made nostalgia ultra which was a mixtape right which he uploaded for free and that popped right did so well and then it made Def Jam know so they were like, oh shit, maybe we should actually put some money into this guy and let him make an album. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, yeah, there you go. So 
that happened, and then Daft Jam signed him. Cool. The deal was for like a fat bag, two albums, and then you get get your bag basically, right? Cool. Release Channel Orange, banging album. Needs to make another album. I think at this point he just realized his strength in the industry Mm -hmm. and realized that he is one of a kind special artist. There isn't anyone quite like him, and he was making bangers. So he knew that he could make a hell of a lot more money if he released an album outside of outside of the original agreement, outside of the contract. But, you know, it's kind of long to make an album. You can't always get inspired that easily. Yeah. It takes time. You need life experiences. So guess what he decided to do? Go on. One, I think it was one day. Was it one day? One day before? So yeah, he released Endless. Which was an Apple the, Music exclusive, and it was like built as like a video the vi- album, the visual yeah, album, yeah, the visual album of him just building a fucking stairway to heaven. And there was some songs on there, but they sounded kind of like they they were very like demo like. Do you know what I mean? They were nice and they were good to listen to, but kind of like yeah, not like they didn't feel like full fully made songs, right? Yeah. But Apple Music and Def Jam were like, oh, this is great. We're gonna get so many streams from this. We've got him exclusively on Apple Music. This is fantastic. Yeah. And, and then, then he went and dropped Blonde. Blonde. One of the best albums in the last 20 years. Oh, what an album, What a fucking man. album. What an album. Even when I first listened to that, it felt nostalgic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As, as if I'd always, I'd always heard it. Do What's you know your favourite song from Blonde? White Ferrari, hands white down. Ferrari. I fucking love that I song. I need to look through again because I can't remember White Ferrari, them. Pink and White. Pink and White. Ivy. Ivy. I think that's my favourite yeah, song from yeah. that album. Wait, is Pink and White on Blonde? Yeah, yeah. Is it I not think on? so. Is, is that on John Lawrence? Pink Matter, I think. That's on. Yeah, you're right. I think it's pink and white. Yeah. But yeah. Blonde is a fucking incredible album. I still listen to it now. It's still like in my rotation of music I listen to. White Ferrari. And it came out seven years ago. Nice. No. Okay. No, that's second best. Oh, that's second. Oh, that's Jesus. So the, the mid, the mid, literally the, the drop. Oh, it sounds really good. Cool. That, that is literally the exact <laughs> middle of the song. And that, oh, so <laughs> both halves of that song are fucking perfection. Yeah. 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 No, that is, uh, <sighs> Every wow. night fucks every day up. Oh! <laughs> every day patches the night up. <laughs> oh, what a banger. What a banger. What a banger. What a banger. Um, Sarah, yeah. mate, we've, uh, I heard, I, I read this, this story on Sky News the other day. Hmm. It made my fucking skin crawl. Right? So, <laughs> listen to this. A, a pilot in South Africa made an emergency landing after finding a highly venomous cobra hiding under his seat. Wild. Rudolf Erasmus alerted his four passengers of the stowaway reptile after he felt something, something cold slide down his lower back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, he looked down and he saw a Cape Cobra, um, um, also known as a Yellow Cobra, and it was receding under, under the seat. Um, so the Cape Cobra is one of Africa's most dangerous cobra species um, because of the potency of their venom. And one bite, will kill you in 30 minutes. Dude, imagine, right? You're flying a fucking plane with four other passengers. This isn't like a big commercial airline, right? You're literally flying it with four other passengers, right? And apparently, they were, um, they were, yeah, that was it. They were like 15 minutes away from a, Welco- a town called Welcome, right? So they had to fly for 15 minutes knowing full well they had that cobra underneath his seat. Dude, I would have, 
I would have shot. I would have crashed the plane. <laughs> no, I didn't. If I was that pilot, fuck it, I would crash the plane, killed the snake, and killed. All, like honestly, I couldn't do it. You need to get these motherfucking snakes <laughs> off this motherfucking plane. <laughs> I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Uh, that, that is actually fucking out. Can you imagine? Get Samuel L. Jackson there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Flying to welcome. Oh, I think it's a new law. <laughs> Wherever there's a snake-infested country, Get if a, in there. yeah, if a plane is taking off, it needs Samuel L. Jackson on <laughs> that. Sort of out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, the only one who I can forgot, save. Us. I completely forgot about that film. I can't believe that film didn't come to me when I <laughs> read this story. Snakes on the plane. What a dumb <laughs> did, did, sorry, just on a bit of a sidebar. Yeah. I um, I was out in Soho about like a year ago with some mates. Yeah, and um, you know, like the main centre of it where all like the theatres and stuff are. And anyway, the bar we were at. It was also a restaurant, like an Asian restaurant. Dude, guess who gets out? Guess who gets out the fucking taxi and walks in? You're not gonna say Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> right? No, no, sorry, no, I'm I'm making a mistake. Sorry, I was no, that's not it. I was walking downstairs and I walked past um I walked past someone and I was like, pretty sure that's fucking Samuel L. Jackson. Because I was going to the toilet and he's just come out. And I go in and my mate Jamie's there and he's like, Bro, that's fucking Samuel L. Jackson. And I was like, I think it fucking was, right? Anyway. We, we were drink, having drinks outside. A couple of hours pass. He leaves, right? Dude, when people in Soho saw him, phones were out. People were videoing him like he was in a fucking zoo. It was, it was crazy. And people were like going there. And then one guy, one guy, literally walks up to him. He's trying to literally just going straight into his taxi. And then some people are filming him. Some people are like, Samuel, 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 can I get a photo? And then one guy just goes, the path of the righteous man. <laughs> I was dead. I was absolutely dead. And then one guy was like, I have had it with these motherfucking stairs. And people were just screaming Samuel L. Jackson quotes. It was, it was brilliant. Oh my days, um, mate. What was that verse called again? Leviticus 2517. Yeah, we well remembered. Fucking hell, sir. Yeah, the power of the righteous man. <laughs> Can I have a bite of this tasty burger? <laughs> mate, sorry. Yeah, we're going to the sideboard here. But yeah, um, fuck being that pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck being that, that passenger. Um, yeah. Just crash the plane next time. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got another crazy story as well. So this is wild. So um, on November 21st, 2021, Mm. Beatrice um, Flamini uh, set out to accomplish a challenge to live in a cave 230 foot underground um, for a total of 500 days. Right. And she only had eight. Of the 500 days, she only had eight interrupted days. Um, And she did this as an experiment to see the effect it would have um, on the human body to live. Because I, I saw this headline and I was like, fuck, and some lady like down a cave? Mm. Like, I don't know, and what, what, like she must have, like, how, how did she survive? Do you mm. know what I mean? She did it by choice. What the fuck? That's wild. So what, did she say any of the effects? Do you know any of them? I didn't read that far. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, she, she, was was right. she had a beer afterwards. She was like, on the photo, she looked happy. Very vitamin D deficient. Bro, she must have been pale as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not as pale as me still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, just, that's hard. It's hard to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, mate, like, if you, if you were, um, let's say you spent 500 days in a cave, right? And you, you came out, right? It's the first thing you do. First thing. Okay, am I with you it? Stink, you fucking stink, right? You've not showered, you've not eaten properly, You've not put moisturizer on. <laughs> You've not seen the sun. Like, what, what's the first thing you're doing? The literal first thing. Like, okay, let's say you come out and they say, 
we're gonna what do you want to do what's the first thing you do shower where in a hotel yeah perfect and we're gonna we're, like just shower yeah so what like if it's the first thing the first thing i do is shower okay, but then your hair is like down to your knees you're gonna get a haircut or you're gonna go straight in the shower bro am i with anyone when i'm underground i'm just alone by yourself by yourself hey i'm i'm shagging <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say I go see my family. (laughs) (laughs) You sick man, Sam. Obviously, I'd go see (laughs) I'd assume they'd be there waiting for me. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, 500 days underground. Are you mad? You can wank though. (laughs) Come on, man. At that point, your imagination will be limited. It'd be limited. It'd be like, ooh, that rock has a nice curvature. (laughs) Yo, that rock kind of bad though. Yo, that silhouette's looking kind of thick. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, see what I'm saying? I'd yeah. Know. Okay, so your first steps: you come out the you come out the cave, you shag, shit, shower, shave, shit, shower, shave, nice, shit, shower, shave, shag, sleep, bro. I'd even like, I'd sh- I'd not only wash my hair, I'd even condition it. <laughs> Do you not? I don't condition. No, just shampoo. What? You don't need to condition your hair. I condition mine. Really? Like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I always think it makes my hair feel a bit weird. Yeah, that's I should wash it. I'm not like a, that's the point. It does make your hair feel weird. It's like it softens it. It makes it too like sort of shiny. You know what I mean? What do you, what do you mean? Uh, I'm not a conditioning man. How often do you shampoo your hair? Ooh, um, do you know what? I used to do it like every other day. I'm a lot less frequent now. Yeah, once a week. Is that bad? I do it once, once a week. week yeah, well. yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. I do. I do. I'm greasy boys. Mind. Yeah, yeah. Trust. <laughs> I've got, what's your shampoo regime? Because I've actually got one. So shampoo got, regime? Yeah. I usually, okay, so my, fucking no, this, 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 this topic really turned. <laughs> so my shampoo regime, um, I, I've got to, sh- I've got to wash my hair the morning of a day where I've got, n- I'm not seeing anyone. Because if I wash my hair, you know, I don't know if you might be the same, but if I wash my hair, my hair looks dead. I'm fl- it's floppy. It's yeah, thin, it's thin. Like shit. I look fat for some reason. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, dude. If I wash my hair, I go from a solid, a solid six to like a three. Ah, you're, you're, you're not a six. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Don't be too kind to yourself. <laughs> you're a light seven. <laughs> oh, I'm, cracking, I'm cracking over a bit on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try. I know. Not, not because it's good. It's actually growing on me, you know. I might, I might have to revise my, uh, my no, score. No, it is. It Final is. score. Maybe I'm just pissed. I Trust. don't know. Um, but no, I'm enjoying it. Um, but yeah, Beatrice uh, Flamini, you know, I dread to think what you smelled like when you came out of that cave. Just ripe. Um, <laughs> um, that is nuts. So our next um, our next thing we've got is, um, it's a bit of a, uh, a recommendation, actually. Okay. Um, so I went to see a fucking sick film mm. in the weekend, and I really want you guys to watch it. It's, uh, it's called Air. Okay, um, about it. and it's it's basically about it's it's directed by Matt Damon, uh, and it's about Nike in 1984, mm. and um, at the time uh, Nike had something like a 15% market share, and the top of the market, like with over 50% market share, was Adidas, right? And then second place was Converse, right? And all of the NBA stars were either wearing Adidas or Converse. No right? way! So the film starts, and you've got Matt Damon. And his job is to go to high school um, basketball matches and he basically has to recruit um, talented basketball players who are most likely going to make it to the NBA. And he basically wants to get them to sign a deal early with Nike so that when they go on the court, they're wearing Nikes, right? 
and they're not doing a great job at it, right? And Nike's like going through real, real financial trouble. Uh, and you've got the CEO, which is played by Ben Affleck, um, Phil Knight. Um, and basically it's the story about how Matt Damon's character, I can't remember his name, but Matt Damon's character is trying to approach Michael Jordan and his family to try and get Michael Jordan to sign with, uh, with Nike. And um, basically Matt Damon goes up to the CEO of Nike, Phil Knight, and he says, uh, listen, I know we've got a budget of $250,000, but I want to put all that money and bet everything on Michael Jordan because I know how talented this player is. Um, and it's basically the, the, the story about how um, Matt Damon's trying to close this deal. And dude, it is such a great film. Honestly, you would love it. It's like mm-hmm. a two hours, you learn, you learn stuff. Also, I had no idea that Nike were like, Debt. Do you know I mean they were like the puma of their time? Do you know what I mean they were like not? But you know they were not the juggernaut that we we know them now. To Absolutely. Be. And um, I like, don't know that either. It's it's really it's really really good, and it's like it's funny. It's got like good that classic corporate drama. Um, it's got amazing performances by Matt. Da- Matt Damon's looking fat in this film. Like he's kind of overweight. He's got a bit of a double chin. I'm not sure if he's wearing a fat suit or whether he's actually gains a lot of weight for the role. But he was really good. Ben Affleck is like fantastic at directing and he also plays um, Phil Knight really, really well. Um, but yeah, guys, watch Air. It's a fucking great, easy watching, feel good film. Yeah, it's mm. really, really good. Okay, man. It's I'd, interesting. Uh, I'd uh, definitely... And also, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested... I'm like, I have no interest in basketball whatsoever. And I yeah. think there's a lot of these films now which are based off like the sort of behind the scenes corporate dealings. Like, you know, The Social Network was about Facebook. There's one about Blackberry coming out. And there's so many of these films. But I think if they can make probably in real life what was quite a boring story and make it really engaging for two hours then like yeah hats off i think it was, it was a really great film you should watch it okay yeah, yeah. definitely yeah definitely keep that keep that in mind yeah it was decent awesome man yeah cool mm. um so just uh wrap it up Rory. cool i've got a question for you oh and i'm gonna be honest it, would you rather nah go on. different type it is actually would you rather go on hit me this is a, a bit off the cuff <laughs> Go on. Have you just thought of this now? Yeah. You dirty dog. <laughs> Rory, would you rather fight one cow-sized spider <laughs> one cow size, okay. or I'm going to say I'm going to say 50 spider-sized cows <laughs> it really took me a while to visualize that 50 oh, that's tough so one massive fuck off spider yeah is the spider venomous or can it just sort of hit you about like is it a daddy long legs are we talking tarantula it's just it looks like a tarantula but we'll say it's not poisonous so it just smacks you about <laughs> yeah but it's like wham you know how tarantulas have got like them <laughs> thick legs yeah like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, thick legs. The thickies. Yeah. The yeah hairy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Can you imagine yeah. that's a proportion? That'd be, like, literally the size. Fuck. But then the little mini cows. Are, yeah. the, are the cows trying to, like, eat you? They're or, like, hit you? Fuck you up. Fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. How, ma- so how many, how many spider, how many cow size, how many spider size cows? I'd say 50. I'm actually going to say, I've, I've changed it. I'm going to say. I'm going to change the question to, would you rather fight one cow-sized spider or a hundred spider-sized cows? hundred spider-sized cows and I'll tell you why. Stamp on them. Stamp those bitches out. 
it basically it's like fighting loads of ants, really, isn't it? You just fucking stamp them on. Whereas like if it's a big fuck off spider, it's gonna deck you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's gonna like, it's gonna pummel me. I think I'd be petrified of like a a big Yeah, also like I'm more scared of spiders than I am of cows. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm going for uh I'm going for the cows. Yeah. Step on those bitches. Yeah, trust. But can you imagine like humanity? Like just like the, the awfulness of just all this like blood and like all the little moves, like the moo. They'll be like, because mm, they're tiny. I'll fuck you up, bitch. Yeah. They're probably a little high pitched voices. I'll fuck you up, bitch. <laughs> I reckon you could take a hundred spider sized cows. I'd feel bad. I could I could take I could take them. I think Easy. I'd like to I'd rather I'd rather I would rather have the courage to fight the spider, the big spider, because I hate spiders. <laughs> Just fucking yeah, yeah. Knock it. What would be your weapon of choice? What against? It can't be a gun. It has to be like a melee weapon. Yeah, it'd be like a bat. A bat. Oh no, Cricket no, no, bat, yeah. baseball bat. I'll tell you that. Out. I'll go a hockey stick. I'm going for a katana. Oh yeah, I go katana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go two katanas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, what dual weld? Yeah, dual weld. Yeah, yeah, you know how it is. I say that as if I'm proficient enough with samurai <laughs> samurai swords. Mate, in that moment, I reckon. Okay, if I had a samurai, I'm taking on the spider sized cow. Yeah, if I had a sword, yeah, I completely agree. Because I reckon you could go one leg at a time. Yes, if, if anything, a, 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 a cow sized spider is probably the best creature to fight with a katana. Do you know what I mean? You know what? They're Just roaring. chop the legs off and then bam! Now, nah, you know how fast spiders move? Oh, do you reckon? Imagine huge. They do move fast, yeah. That's some serious shit. Guys, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, this has been uh, episode 13. Episode 13. Of, like, I can't believe How the fuck have we done 13 episodes? It's gone by in a flash. Uh, but guys, this has been great. Um, if you like this episode, uh, if you're new here, please remember to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're um, listening on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please remember to uh, follow our podcast. Leave a five star review; really, really helps the uh, really helps the channel. Uh, and if you want to watch us uh, a bit of short short form content, just little clips of us, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok um, at Log the Life underscore LTL. Um, yeah. So, guys, see you at the next one. Thanks very much, guys. Bye.